Welcome to the Dealmakers Coffee Break, where we talk to industry pros about their success stories, deals, and market insights in just enough time for you to enjoy a cup of coffee. So grab your mug and join us for a chat with the people behind the deals. I'm Asaf Raz. Let's go. So here's another episode of the Dealmakers Coffee Break Edition. And today we have one of my favorite guests. He was a guest in season one. One of the most seasoned investment managers I know. Really, really strong with the Jewish community in New Jersey. And I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Mayor Fried from Lightwater Capital. You're in, uh, based on Lakewood right now, right? Our office is based out of Lakewood. Good morning, Asaf. Great talking to you. We have a few offices, primarily based out of Lakewood. That's where most of our staff is. I actually live in Long Island. So I have an, an office locally, and we have an office in Brooklyn that I spend some time in. So we get around. Amazing. And I don't know if you know, Mayor has been in season one. So if you haven't heard uh, the full episode in season one, you'll have all the spiel from Mayor Fried. This guy knows everything about the market. So it's really um, interesting to hear from him. But anyway, this is the, the coffee break. It's your chance uh, to tell about yourself. Uh, what you're doing today, what you're focusing on today, and then we'll dive deep into some industry questions and topics. It's a very, very odd time we have in the market right now. And a lot of people who are in our industry are confused. People who are passive investors who don't really have a good grasp on well, how did things change so fast? It, it was just a short while ago. It, it feels like decades ago, but it was just a, a short 15, 18 months ago, when we thought that everything was wonderful and that the market's just going to continue going up and up and up forever, we all knew that interest rates would change, but that did not cloud our forecast. We felt like you know the, the continued growth in the market and the continued demand for commercial real estate would supersede and and you know override some of the hurdles of, of increased interest rates. Nobody thought that interest rates would stay extremely low forever. So we all knew that rate increases were coming. Um, so I'd like to just take a, a few minutes to try to put in perspective where we were, what changed, and where do we go from here? So one point that I'm extremely sensitive to is I came into the industry 2012, 2013. And I remember in some of my first you know, my first tape of what's going on is I would, we were looking at some of these small deals in Brooklyn. Locally, that's what we would buy, you know, these small little deals, six family houses, 10 family houses. And we had a, a large investor base. Right when I came in, I joined my partner, Joe. He was in the industry a lot longer than me. We were doing management. That we would buy and sell deals on the side for our clients, with our clients, different things. And we always came across two distinctly different kind of investors slash buyers. It was the investor that was current and relevant and trying to make the best of what's in front of them today, him or her. And then there was the investor that was living in the past. What do I mean? We came across a six-family house in Bushwick. And we got it edited. We thought it was a great price, $850,000. about $105,000, a unit. I reached out to one, one potential buyer and he told me that's a crazy price. I, I, I have 10 of them. I paid 600 each. I can't pay 850. Okay. 
Okay, he couldn't, he wasn't going to pay. He, you know, he thought he could buy at 600. I told him, you know, you can't buy anything at 600 today. So the fact that you bought something five years ago for 600 or three years ago shouldn't really have much relevance. Fast forward 18 months and the same property was worth $1.1 million. Fast forward another another 18 months and the same property was worth 1.6 or 2.2. And here I saw a whole cycle. Yes, it was a small cycle, but a two, two and a half year period where some investors would say, yeah, we're going to buy at 850. Maybe we'll even pay 875 or 900 when we think it's worth 850 because we see where the market's going. We see the future and we want to we don't want to live in the past. We want to live in the present. And other people were stuck. Now you fast forward 10 years and some people are saying, look, look at what happened. I knew we shouldn't buy real estate. And I love those guys who say, yeah, I, I strategically planned to not buy for three years because I knew something was going to go wrong. That's a great, a great strategy. And for some people, it's the right strategy. I've also met people who haven't bought anything for 15 years because they were nervous that something's going to go wrong. I have a particular client that I'm thinking of who's been asking me since 2016, have you found this deal? And I've never found this deal. Right? We only found deals that were at market rate. We bought a deal. It was market rate. It wasn't a steal. It was $11 million, but we sold it two years later for $19 million. That was a great success. We bought other deals that, you know, unfortunately now, because of our timings, it did not go as well as we planned. You know, like the point is, it's very, very convenient. And I, I mean this in a negative way. It's very lazy to look back 18, 24 months and say, oh, you know, I knew something wrong was going to happen and therefore I stayed away. If you could afford to stay away, meaning if you have enough money where you don't have to generate returns on an investment, you don't have to go out and do deals. It, now, if you're in a position where you can afford to not make any money for two, three, four years, and you want to be cautious, well, I would say two things. First of all, perhaps to you, because you're in a position to not make any money for four years, not all of us are so lucky. Number two, the four years might really be 40 years. So you better get ready because there's always the attitude where we could say, you know, what's coming up is going to be doom and gloom. So I'm just very, very skeptical of that attitude. So even though, yes, it is a down market, and, and in theory, we, if only we would have bought you know, one less deal or two less deals, we would be slightly better off. But on the flip side, when the market was at its height, we were saying, if only we would have bought two or three or four more deals. So don't live with regrets, but that doesn't mean to discount everything that happened and not learn from it. Are we really on a down market right now, or is everything slowed down to the regular pace it should be? Personally, I think it's irrelevant. I, I don't think it matters because you could make money with interest rates at zero. You can make money with interest rates at 10% or 20% at any point. The question is, if you're coming into a new, you know, if you're coming into a new deal or new um, project, what is the relationship between your interest rate and your cap rate? So yes, if interest rates are at 5%, that's fine. I could go out and buy tons and tons of real estate so long as I'm paying the right price. So I don't care if interest rates go up or down as far as the future is concerned. As far as my past holdings are concerned, I came in at a certain basis. And for there, for those holdings where my expectations were, if I came in at a four cap and I was holding, hoping to build out to a six cap, and now I need to pay 6% interest to the bank 
So my whole, if my deal is performing at a six cap and I have to pay the bank 6%, mm-hmm. I have nothing, right? I'm, I'm, I'm stagnant. Um, maybe I'll some of my equity, maybe I will have my equity, but for something in the future. So the question is really not where interest rates are today, but where are they going to be in five years from now? Nobody really knows the answer to that. But you know, to the point of your question, where are interest rates now and where should they be? It doesn't matter where they should be. They are, the only thing that matters is where they are and where we think they'll be and how we should act in accordance. Because yep. if I buy a deal that's building out to a 10 cap, even if interest rates are at 7%, I'm making money. So the down part of the market is the fact that people spent 10 to 15 years with certain assumptions in place, and now those assumptions are gone. So what are the ramifications of that? One thing that people also miss is the fact that we had tremendous growth in the interim. So if I bought a property in 2018, and the interest rates were 3.5%, but my average rent was $1,000, and now my average rent is $2,000, and the interest rates are 6 or 7%, and I had four or five years to create value, my performance is pretty darn strong. Maybe I'm in a fixed loan, maybe I have a loan that's still working, but even if I don't, I had enough time for the for the property to mature and develop in a way where I'm still ahead of the market because there was a tremendous amount of growth. The challenge is very, very specific. People who bought towards the tail end of that market were buying four, four caps, building out to six. And now in this tiny amount of time, in six to 12 months, rates went from an all in rank of three and a half to four percent to anywhere between seven and nine percent on your expectation on what you paid for that previous property that you own is building out to a five and a half or a six cap. And now your loan might be seven percent or eight percent. You're entirely underwater. So as far as the future is concerned, you know, so this is really the main point, the main pet peeve that I have with this market and a lot of these um, hot rod conversations and these more sensational bullet points that people like to talk about and people like to get up on their high horse and say how, you know, I was smarter than everyone else because of what I did. Maybe you were, and if you were, props to you, and you probably shouldn't punch the guys that are down. But in all likelihood, most of the people who are saying that aren't smarter than everyone else. Either they were lucky or they were too scared to get into a deal in the first place because the Mm -hmm. biggest boys in the industry are getting hit hard. And, And the reason for that is very simple. They have to constantly operate, right? Blackstone, Brookfield, the biggest guys are constantly buying deals and they have certain expectations. So what changed was we went from tremendous measure of stability from 2009, let's say 2010, after the previous crash, till 2020, till COVID, whether rates were up or down, it was stable. There were no major shifts going on. There were times where the market was inching up and rates were going up and then something happened and rates came back down, but there was no major changes in the market. Mm-hmm. Comes COVID and people panic and you know that and, and whatever happened during COVID where a tremendous amount of liquidity was infused from the government, stimulus, et cetera, people mm-hmm. ended up with more money at every level. People ended up with more money and then you know, people are looking to place their money. So if mm-hmm. people paying rent have more money, if they're ready to pay more on rent. So rent started skyrocketing. And again, for some of our deals, deals that we bought in 2020, 
those the rents are so outperforming whatever our expectations were. Our, our model then was we were going to buy the average rent was eight fifty, and we were going to build it out to ten fifty. By the time we sold, we were averaging fifteen fifty rent. So, oh, wow. so we made yes, the rates changed on us, but on that deal, the the rents kept pace and even exceeded the pace of the rates changing. So that deal would have been fine, even had we not sold it. Uh, you know, eight, six, seven, eight months ago. But the point is understanding what changed and how does that affect my future outlook. So what changed was crazy. We had a pandemic, which has not happened in you know in like a hundred years, mm-hmm. right? So like the 1920 or whatever it was, 1920, 1918. Nobody could have predicted that. A lot of things changed. People got crushed because their timing was bad. They they assumed that things would stay low, and then when things changed. They weren't expecting this, but it wasn't even just the rate change. For some people, it was the rate change. For us, the rate change was you know, very, very impactful, but it wasn't the whole part of the story because the deals that we would buy were always underperforming assets. So we would look around at a, at a, a metro and say, where's the metro performing? Okay, could you get $1,500 rent? Now let's go find an asset that maybe the owner owned for 10, 15 years, and therefore he stopped pushing five years ago. It's underperforming. You can get $1,500 rent. They're only getting $1,000. let us buy it and build it up, right? That was our goal. So if we were building up to a seven cap, which was generally our threshold, let's build up to a seven cap. So then even if the rates are six, six and a half percent, maybe I wouldn't turn a lot of profit, but I would maintain my equity at a minimum and maybe turn a small profit. So the rates Mm -hmm. shifting definitely had an impact where I would never lose my asset. And because of that strategy, you know, a lot of our investors now feel and you know feel even more confident with our model because mm-hmm. we did prepare for this. We did prepare to some degree. It doesn't mean that we were prepared perfectly. Um, a lot of the things that we did not anticipate is delinquency going up. People in oh, different counties, uh, the evictions are not holding. People are paying. The collections rate has dropped in certain places where we invested. Um, so that was something. The rates on um, having the the rates go up. And now a bunch of different, you know, uh, because of the, the labor demand, the pricing, inflation, all those things going up and people paying their rent less and less, that's something that's really hurting some of our deals. But the deals, we have a deal that we closed in May of, of 2021 and we were impacted by rates and, you know, obviously it wasn't performing the way we were hoping, but we're in position to refinance and, and hopefully a, a very healthy refinance. Into let's say a five and a half, five point seven percent rate. Let's buy down the rate, do different things to lower leverage. It's, we really improved the property. We came into that deal. The average rent was seven fifty. Today it's thirteen fifty. So yeah, the rates hurt us, but our asset is protected. So the point that I'm trying to make really is understand what changed and and how likely is that to happen again? Because if you're always going to assume that everything is going to change against you, you can't be in business. So you have to accept some assumptions. You have to accept that things might turn against you and you might find yourself on the losing side, but that's okay because if your assumptions are reasonable and you're careful, then the goal is not to win this deal. The goal is to have a successful career. And a successful career is that eight out of 10 deals should work. Everyone finds deals that are losers. Everyone has time you know, where, where, they're, where they're on the losing side. The goal is to be careful and thoughtful and diligent enough that you maintain a winning average, right? Look at look at any sports team. The best teams in the world 
lost games. We have yet to see a player who never lost a game. That's not the goal here. The goal is not to win every time. The goal is to win as much as you can. And if you take your diligence and your process and you play that out over a 30 or 40 year stretch and say, is this a winning formula? Is this careful enough? Some people like the high risk, high reward. And sometimes they make a lot of money and they'll look flashier and it's cool. But then something like this happens and they get wiped out. Yeah. For guys like us who took the much more measured approach, we'll never make as much money as quickly. But when something turns against us, we're also going to lose a lot less. So we feel like that slow and steady approach of building value in strategic areas, we think that served us well. And people should not feel like you know it's all doom and gloom. It's negative. The cycle is going to reset. Prices are going to reset. The market is just going to turn over and we're going to have a whole new growth cycle, hopefully sooner rather than later, because I have assets also that really need uh, interest rate relief. So I don't want to you know, act like I'm all high and mighty. It keeps me up at night, mm-hmm. sure. But I don't think the industry is sinking. I don't think that what happened was something that's just going to make real estate collapse. There will be a reset and there will be opportunity. Because this is the Coffee Break Edition, uh, we are going to do longer form panel discussions, uh, which I'd love to have you. But because it's the Coffee Break Edition, we're doing shorter episodes. But I do want to give you the opportunity to have what we call a shameless plug, which is, um, this is me, Mayor Freed. This is where you would find me. This is what Lightwater Capital is doing right now. Um, And if you're looking for anything, co-GPs, other LPs, assets to buy, this is the opportunity to talk about that as well. I don't think I, I need to really plug anything. My goal is just to be present. I think what I'm doing is self-evident. It's not so different than a lot of other people, but it's just you know, with our flavor and with our experience and, and things that we learned and how to target certain areas and certain metros. We're not buying brand new, you know, brand new stuff because it's it's too expensive for us. We were never able to figure out how that penciled. And some of that has served us well now. But there's a lot of great groups out there. We consider ourselves, you know, one of many great uh, real estate syndicators that can provide a great service to the public. We're always looking for new LPs for people you know, to invest with us, alongside us. My website, whitewarecapital.com. It can be found on LinkedIn or at the website, Google. It's fairly simple. You know, again, we're not reinventing the wheel. We just feel that our experiences are unique. And we're using those experiences and trying to build on them to try to do something that gives the average investor just a really good ratio of risk reward. But that's what we, we're not doing much different, but we feel like based on how careful we've been and, and everything we've done, we're offering maybe a unique blend of you know upside to downside. Well, we think that our downside is protected and our upside is still there. And that ratio, again, it's not going to be the best. We're not doing the riskiest things. We're not going to make the most money for anyone. And we're probably not going to have the flashiest deals out there. But we feel long-term we're going to serve our investors as well. We've done that up until now. And if anybody's interested, if this resonates with anyone, I'm always happy to have a conversation, happy to hear other people's thoughts, always listening and learning from the people that I meet, and always looking to connect with new people. There we go. Mayor Freed. Thank you so much for joining us on the Dealmakers Coffee Break Edition. This is season two. It's already your second episode with us, and it's always a pleasure. So much insight. So yeah, I'll see you on our next episode of the Dealmakers Coffee Break. Thank you, Asaf. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. 
Check out more episodes on the Dealmakers podcast available on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Agora's website at agorareal.com slash podcast. See you in the next episode.